Hello and welcome back to another episode of Spilling the Behavior Tea Podcast with Sam and Jeanette. Yes, we're switching things up. We're getting wild over here. We're uh, it's nighttime. What? It's crazy. I might be eating because it's been a long day and I'm having some soup, so y'all might get a mukbang. Is that what it's called? <laughs> mukbang, mukbang, mc something, ASMR. I don't know all that jazz. Um, first of all. First of freaking all. Yes. Right now, I'm rewatching The Office for like the billionth time, but mm-hmm. it's on Peacock. Tell me why I turned on my TV last night. I put it on Peacock, and the excuse my language, but the fucking Yolanda Salty Bar thing uh, is on. Is there that what you sent it to me at midnight? I was like, yes. Well, I had landed like at eleven. I forgot you were gone. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but um, so I put it on on YouTube. They already uploaded it on really? YouTube. Really? It's like seasons, yeah. no? It's like I saw episode one, but I literally yeah. had it in the background for I don't know. I couldn't pay attention to it, so I don't know if it's interesting. I don't know what was said, but I do know that some fakers turn on selena today have you seen those what have you seen those posts no there's people talking about that she was a cheater and oh i've heard i saw like comments because i mean obviously since i had snapped that or showed you that Mm -hmm. um it started coming up on my tiktok and so Mm -hmm. i saw this guy was like oh i i watched it so you don't have to and um he i was looking in the comments and people were saying that she supposedly had an affair blah blah but that doesn't warrant killing somebody mm-hmm. and then yeah people are turning and it, it's why didn't we see that coming right because that's how social media is like they freaking just run with things and so they're talking about her dad and blah 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 and her dad was controlling and he was at fault for many things i don't know i put it on and to, it was like I was more on my phone than I was paying attention to it. So I need to go back and rewatch it. But I'm just like, ooh, you people are so fake. You turn on people so quick. But I guess we'll see when we see more of it, right? Because mm-hmm. like I said, I put it on and I couldn't I couldn't get into it. Well, the guy that I saw talking about it, he was like, I couldn't even play it that well. Like he's like, I kept cringing at everything she was saying. Like I just can't believe it. And he's like, he said he saw it with his mom and his mom was saying the same, like, no, Mm -hmm. this is dumb. Like, why are you trying to do this right before you get out? Like, Mm -hmm. none of this warrants killing somebody and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to watch it. I don't even know if I'll be able to sit there and watch clips, Mm -hmm. but we'll see. Yeah. And I know the niece comes out. Yeah. Yeah, I and saw this a lot of her family comes out in it or something. Yeah, and they're doing a lot of the talk. So they're saying that from not from what I've seen, because like I said, I couldn't I could not get into the freaking episode. But from you know, just looking at everybody's um comments and stuff, they're saying that supposedly uh Yolanda's niece and her family are talking about 
um, Yolanda could never really say her truth because the dad made sure that the story was played the way he wanted the story to be played, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I have a feeling that this is going to divide people and it's going to be a lot of... Oh, I feel like true Selena fans. Yeah, that's the true Selena fans. What she has <laughs> that are going to stay, yeah. you know, because I mean, her. Okay, that's that's like irrelevant if that is doing whatever mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know but regardless if it was so if it was an accident and all that mm -hmm. shit why was you why were you in a nine-hour standoff with the police why yeah. were you not coming out of your car like it does make sense but anywho <laughs> i was pissed when i saw that at midnight yeah we'll see but uh, yeah this is gonna be one of those social media things that people just run with people were saying that she saw how gypsy rose got a platform when, when uh she got out so she was hoping for the same i don't know i haven't seen any like people turning yet from mm -hmm. what i've seen but i haven't seen a lot i've only yeah. seen people being like nah i ain't watching mm -hmm. this or think or they're like thinking the guy that watched it like thanks for summarizing it for me because i wasn't gonna watch it yeah um, but I was just so surprised it was on Peacock. I was like, excuse you. Well, it's on YouTube now. That's nuts. Yeah. It's boring, though. You can't even get into it. I'm sure. But mm. it's nuts. So I had a weird random topic that I wanted to talk about because obviously in the past we've had discussion about anxiety. Um, and we wanted to talk more in depth about it. And lately I have been like thinking about my anxiety because it's been coming up again. But I wanted to talk about how to, how coping strategies and like um, your symptoms kind of develop over time. Mm -hmm. um, I've had anxiety since I was 14. I'm now 32. Y'all do the math. I mean, that I can recall. I can't really say longer than that because I always say that I feel like I was on autopilot before that even mm -hmm. after that. but um you mean at 14 you realized that the way you were feeling was not normal yeah because you probably lived with it well, because, so long that you well, because, thought that was your normal no I no I think what made it feel like what made me think that that was a starting point was that um that's when I had like my first big anxiety attack to where I had to go to the hospital mm -hmm. and I know that I know that I've had like a few big ones where I have to go to the hospital but obviously over time I've grown to control it or like recognize it okay this is anxiety it's not I'm not dying type of thing mm -hmm. um because your fucking mind is powerful it's crazy it's so nuts how powerful it is mm -hmm. and it fascinates me and it and it kind of, I guess it, it also helps me understand how, like, when I work with kids, every factor really does uh, affect a kid because similarly with anxiety, every single factor can add up and and affect a person. Mm -hmm. And so that I think that's what helps me understand them when, like, if they're having a tantrum or meltdown or anything like that, I can think of every single factor that could be a, 
contributing to this. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just a little background on that, on my anxiety journey. Um, when, uh, so 14, I had it, I started, I got like my first big anxiety attack. Um, one of my biggest symptoms was always stress vomiting. Sorry, trigger warning. Um, I always get like physically sick. That was probably my most consistent, um, my most consistent symptom. Mm-hmm. See, there's a symptom or a factor. I don't know. Don't judge me. I don't research my stuff a lot of times because I get scared. But um, so, yeah, stress vomiting has always been a consistent one. Um, obviously, shakes, um, at least when I was 14. Yeah, when, when I was 14, I had the shakes and stuff. When I actually, okay. Sorry, I'm, my mind is traveling and then my mouth is like, hold up. <laughs> ADHD, I'm telling you. Um, so, and then look, I'm trying to take off my jacket. I'm trying to do 17 things at once. Um, <laughs> so, what was I saying? <laughs> at 14. Okay, so yeah, at 14, when I went to the hospital, I'm, re- I'm realizing that my symptoms may be recycling at this moment in time. So... I remember that I had to go to the hospital because I like my back was hurting so much that I could barely bend over or I couldn't bend back up. Right. And so I had to go to the hospital and my parents took me, whatever. And they gave me like something super simple and then I was back to normal. And I was like, that's so weird. But then when I was 15, same thing, stress vomiting, um, I I remember that time I had symptoms where my hands felt like magnets and I couldn't release my fist. I had my hand in fists and I couldn't release my fists and my hands would like gravitate toward each other and I couldn't walk. I couldn't really walk in that one when my parents again took me to the hospital. I was 15, my quinceanera. And then this is not to say that I didn't have like anxiety attacks in between, but these were like my big ones that really stood out and I went to the hospital and stuff and then when I was 16 same thing stress vomiting that one wasn't really as memorable because I think it just I just started to and then I had to go to the hospital and I think that that was pretty much my only symptom um but it was then like after when I turned 16 where I was like yeah this isn't normal I need to figure out what this shit is and so I did and I like started looking more into like anxiety and seeing how that is and what that means um and that's when i pretty much self-diagnosed myself with anxiety because every doctor i talked to they would just kind of like be like oh just take a stress management class and i'd be like well i don't need a stress management class i need like to talk to somebody or something Uh um so after that like I, I started getting into like coping mechanisms, right? Um, so I remember one of my first coping mechanisms was singing "Take Me Out to Ball Game" in my head. Why? I have no idea, but it helped. It helped me for like a few years. Um, mm-hmm. When I started feeling an anxiety attack come on, I would just lay in my bed and like breathe and just sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" over and over in my head, and I could feel it going away. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why. I was never like a huge baseball person. <laughs> I 
I mean, I went to baseball games once in a while and like, I like softball, but I was never huge into like baseball or whatever, but it helped. So after a while that stopped working. So I'm a huge advocate for like, if you have anxiety, it is what it is. Like you have anxiety for the rest of your life. You can learn to Mm -hmm. control it. You can learn to, you can get to the root of it and um, try to kind of navigate it, but Mm -hmm. it will never really go away. I think it constantly develops over time and your coping mechanisms can just stop working over time too. So I want to say like after a few years of that, um, I think in my early 20s, I finally like told my parents and was like, yeah, I think I have anxiety. Like I woke up in the middle of the night, I was having an anxiety attack. Probably talking really fast right now, I'm sorry. But I had an anxiety attack and I woke my parents up and I told them everything. And my, I remember my dad started like tapping and I started falling asleep. And I was like, hmm. he was tapping like what on the, on the like, tapping, like he was sitting down and he was tapping on something like the same rhythm. And I just started like concentrating on that. And I knocked out because mm. at this point, my coping mechanisms had stopped working. And mm-hmm. so when he did that, I was like, hmm, what is that? That sounds kind of like a metronome. <clears throat> so I started using that. I got an app. A metronome map of you know those things that like uh-huh. tune that like tune the um like your instrument or whatever yeah so i got that app and i again when i started feeling a, a anxiety attack i would just play it and fall asleep so it helped me for a few years actually and but then it stopped it stopped working and then throughout like my 20s after that it's it kind of calmed down like my anxiety eased eased up because i was getting to the root of my problems and i was understanding my anxiety more and understanding what was triggering to me and whatnot and i started creating systems right systems that could work for me that that was also a coping mechanism and when i i think the last time that i went to the hospital for one i think i was like 24. But that's when I, t- I like demanded from my doctor, like I need medicine or something as a last resort um, because I've tried coping mechanisms. They stop working. They they do sometimes they don't, but I need something as a last resort. I won't use that as a first resort, as a last resort, because I know a lot of anxiety medication is addictive. Mm-hmm. So they did. They prescribed me medicine. Never used it to this day because, I, like I said, I will use all my coping mechanisms until I can get to that. Mm-hmm. And then, what? How old was I when I met you? Twenty, maybe twenty six, twenty five, somewhere around there. So around the time I met you, <laughs> I think I started learning about like sour candies and how they can help help with your anxiety and whatnot. So I got into like sour candies. I had sour candy with me wherever I went, um, and even like helping other people with with that and giving them sour candy and which is why i think that's why i'm more of a sour candy person too like mm-hmm. i don't really like chocolate i don't really like other like candy like that but sour candy yeah mm-hmm. so lately like recently my anxiety has been popping up again 
And after it being so calm for a while, like the past few years, um, I have noticed that my symptoms have changed. I think within like the past five years or so. Mm-hmm. I think it's been five. Yeah, maybe like three or maybe three. Maybe the past mm-hmm. three years. I've started getting chest pain. And I was like, hmm, that's new. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I also hyperventilate, like, breathe really fast. But, like, lately, the the chest pain has happened. So I have to hold, like, a cold water bottle to my chest or to, like, ease it and bring it down. Then, even more recent, I've had, like, chest pain that radiates to the back to my back and this is why i say like maybe my symptoms are getting recycled through like now i'm getting the back pain like from when i was 14 that's where i was like having that brain fart earlier mm-hmm. but um, yeah like it's been radiating like to, through my back and stuff and i know that it's not like injury or anything because as soon as i start doing like breathing exercises that's when it starts to go away. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that you're at a point right now that you could control those feelings? Or do yeah. you? Feel- yeah, I can because when I'm in it, I'm so aware of it. That's what allows me to do the breathing exercises and then get out of it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just found it so interesting because it's like, I I always, like, if I do get anxiety attacks, like, I always think about my previous ones and, like, what has changed, what is different now, like, kind of like a tracker, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, like, for doctors, not that my past ones have helped me with that, but. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What did it look like at 14, going to the hospital, experiencing these symptoms, like, what what did your parents think? What did the doctors say? Like, did you guys walk away from that um, doctor's visit having an idea of what could be like? What was going through your head, and what what were your parents' reaction? When I was fourteen, going, I just don't remember much communication at all through via like the doctors and my parents and stuff like. It was just like, okay, we're going to give you this medicine and we'll see if you get better. And then I got better and it was like, okay, bye. Mm-hmm. And so what was your parents' reaction when you walked in the room and woke them up at midnight and told them how you were feeling? They were just Besides kind of your like, dad tapping. They were just kind of like, oh, okay, like we can, like, we understand that. Like we get that we're here for you if we need it, if you need anything, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's when the tapping happened and yeah and you know what that that was kind of like your dad tapping because i'm thinking in my head when you said that he just started tapping i'm thinking it was a reaction to something right and i'm thinking because you know we say and we've been kind of like you know we keep saying like your dad has undiagnosed adhd (laughs) and people with adhd do have anxiety so i'm wondering in my mind when you're saying that he started tapping Mm -hmm. that he's connecting to something that he's probably felt all his life that he's been through and he's kind of like the tappiness a sign of him mm, i'm kind of so, i felt this before so then that's kind of what i was circling back to so i told you that um i had asked my dad if he if he thinks that he has it 
And he was kind of like, I don't know what that is. Like, what is that? And I told him what I feel sometimes, like hyperfixations and um, interrupting. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what else, but my mind is flooded with a lot of stuff right now. So if you don't remember, go back and listen to the last episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, so I was thinking, I I told him that, that. those things and he was he just starts kind of like nervous laughing and i'm like mm-hmm. and i was like yeah and like adhders are entrepreneurs ad like the this and that like i'm i mean not all but a lot of adhders are are entrepreneurs and he just kind of starts laughing and he's like tell and, oh and i also wanted to point something else out sorry brain adhd yeah. sorry <laughs> um so he was like do you ever He's like, tell me if you feel this. And he's like, do you ever like not start something because you can't visualize it? Like, and I was like, no, I don't feel that. But that could be a ADHD symptom. But I don't get like that because mm-hmm. I mean, you. Could, I feel like you can have different symptoms. It's mm-hmm. not just like cut and, cut and dry. Yeah, definitely. But I what I was gonna point out. <laughs> you know how you told me that, and I, I can take this out if you want. But how your husband. When he was driving for Popcornopolis, that he was that was like the only job that he could have because it's driving and like it's perfect. It's a perfect job for him because he's delivering. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I realized, I realized my dad also had a delivering job. <laughs> he used to deliver meat to the restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was and you could keep it on. That was like his the best job he could have because. My husband, when he's you, he has to be doing something. Mm-hmm. He cannot be trapped in the place and and not do something. He will get into an argument with someone. He people don't understand him because of his ADHD, and that's the only way that you know he's focused on the road and he doesn't have a lot of constant communication with just one person. <laughs> so I feel like Jesus Salas and Jesus Perez have a lot more in common. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. No, and you know. So he just started telling me all this stuff. Like, like he was just opening up as if, oh, I finally have somebody to talk about this stuff with. And I was just uh, like. Feelings I've been going through my whole life. Yeah. Like he he was kind of just like, wow, like there's a a name for this, you know? And I told him, like, I just want to know because, I mean, it's something to be ashamed of in my eyes. And he's like, no, like. I don't think so either, which I was kind of surprised of because he's he started out with like, you know, back then, like none of this stuff had a name to it or like we wouldn't do that stuff. And I was like, exactly, because the only person that I know of that has ever been diagnosed with it is Jeanette's husband mm-hmm. and and who's ever been like open about it. Um, and and I was like and I found that like interesting because in Hispanic culture, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And we never like really get diagnosed. Like people don't believe in it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, and so that's kind of how he kind of was like, oh, like maybe there's a name to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, he was like, but to answer your question, no, I don't think I have it. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and so yeah, that's what I was saying too. Is like anxiety goes hand in hand with ADHD, right? Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I don't know what my point was, but I just found it interesting how mm-hmm. over time your symptoms 
develop or change and mm-hmm. as well as your coping strategies. Yeah. And it just blows my mind. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, but I think this is this is really important that you say, you know, what you said that anxiety it's something that you're gonna live with forever. So it's about developing different tools, different techniques to try to work to help you work through it until they no longer work because that happens a lot in different situations. You're always gonna have to go back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. So just I feel like some people really need to listen to that because I know of a a case where someone's been diagnosed with anxiety, but they get stuck in the diagnosis and then they don't feel like they could do nothing. And as an outsider looking in, because I don't know what it feels like, you know, like I, I haven't experienced that other than those two I don't even know what they were, panic attacks or you helped me through. They were anxiety. It was anxiety. Yeah, the the ones that you helped me get through. But I've never experienced that prior to that. And every now and then, like when I was really stressed with work and everything that was going on, I started feeling it again. And I would feel the, the chest pain and all that. But then I, now I tell myself, I will not let myself, you know, get into that place. Mm -hmm. But I didn't grow up with it or I'd be like I said, like never before that I experienced anything like that. And I don't feel like it, it. Those were just circumstances of things that I was going through in the moment. So I don't live with it, you know, so I can't speak on it the way that you could speak on it. But then as a person, you know, from the outside looking in into this case that's close to me where I feel like this person doesn't put in the effort. But I could just be saying that because I don't know what it's like. Yeah, that's the hard part is that you, you know, don't, we just don't know. Yeah. Um, so how do because we? Even, because even, I mean, I think overall we're human mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, it's it's easy to, I don't know, because I would probably be the same. Mm-hmm. But then you, I guess different severities too. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to hear from someone because that's a good point that you just made, like different severity severities. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like I don't know. I, this case has been lately mm-hmm. has been on my mind a lot, and it's been very frustrating. And I think it's because I compare it to your case a lot, mm-hmm. where I'm like. There's a way you could like learn the tools, learn the techniques. You just have to want to do it for yourself. Yeah. I mean, and that's the hard part because yes, severities, but also the want, I guess, or the will to right. And that's the frustrating part from a person on the outside looking in, like wanting the best for the want it. Yeah. Yeah. And someone that's not willing to like a take the help b make those change put an effort put just a little bit of effort in yourself and believe in yourself that you could make it happen but then i always go back because we are in this field of behavioral Mm -hmm. i'm doing the air quotes management um that every case is different and i i i feel bad that I get frustrated so. with the case, that I feel bad, that I feel like I'm being judgmental yeah. and I'm not putting myself in the shoes of this person. I feel like I that's know. a normal 
feeling to have though because mm. i mean like i said i mean like we've said throughout all these episodes right it's like we're human we're learning ourselves we're mm. not we don't claim to be experts we don't claim to i mean we try to not be judgmental mm-hmm. um but again we're human and it's and if you want i mean i feel like that's a different type of judgmental quote unquote because it's more coming from a a place of love and mm-hmm. best for a person yeah not and just funny. see the potential there but i guess mm-hmm. it's just like how do how would you you as a person that's going through this what would help you from others like what helps like how do what what can we do you know that is such a hard question to answer Mm -hmm. because only because there have been times in my life when i've had anxiety attack and i don't want anybody talking Mm -hmm. i want you to leave me the alone Mm -hmm. i can't there are other times where i'm like talk to me about some random shit i need something get get it out of my head Mm -hmm. there are other times where i'm like i just need comfort i just need a hug Mm -hmm. it's it varies it differs it it's it's not like i like i've said the mind is a fucking powerful thing it's so nuts yeah yeah this is this is a heavy heavy one (laughs) heavy one because told you it'd be a doozy yeah yeah i've been thinking about this topic all day and I was like, I already know the topic for today mm-hmm. because this has been happening lately. And I'm like, I mean, it may be cause for concern. I don't know. But I know that's like, my next question. Like, where do you, you now having, you know, been through this for so many years and learning all the things you've learned, doing your research, like what what's next? Because if it goes untreated or if you don't do anything about it, it's just going to, you know, and right now you're busy. You're very mm-hmm. busy. So if you just put this in the back burner, it's just going to keep piling up, piling up. So what's going through your mind? What do you think you're going to do? Because you don't want to be at that breaking point. No, but I mean, I think. I think we I need can... a Glen Ivy day. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I think all I this can... weather when. <laughs> I think all I can really do is pretty much. I mean, what I've done in the past, which is maybe like write down all the things that bring me anxiety and tackle each one individually, because I think the sucky thing about having ADHD and I'm I'm just going to say having ADHD because I don't know if I have it, but I think I do. Um, having ADHD and anxiety going hand in hand is that you're trying to attack, tackle all these things all at once. Mm-hmm. For me, if I write things down and check them off, reward system, baby. Got it. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. Done. I did that. I did that. It's a checkbox. Mm-hmm. I did it. So that's what works for me. Mm-hmm. But I think right now the to-do list is to the floor. I, I would think breaking it down into the and, – and you're probably going to be like – but everything's important right now or everything needs yeah. to take, be taken care of. You're at that point. I see it. I know. Mm-hmm. But you have to go back to that to-do list and just attack what's a priority 
and what could be handled later with with time mm-hmm there has to be you you have to make it possible because yeah i mean i always do i always figure it out some of our traits here yeah um no you but, have to make it possible where that list you divide it no yeah i and, yeah. and i'm saying like i always figure it out mm-hmm. there's been many times as i've said like with anxiety with ADHD, mm-hmm. i'm just gonna say with adhd that i've had these anxiety attacks but i've been able to turn shit around that's why Mm -hmm. i have like it's weird because my body is feeling it but my mind is like bro chill out Mm -hmm. and it's weird like i don't know what it is like i don't know if it's my nervous system taking that on and then my mind is like i don't know why you're tripping Mm -hmm. i don't know one day at a time but yeah but like i know that i've accepted a long time ago that anxiety is my roommate and sometimes we fight mm-hmm. and yeah. sometimes we're good and sometimes they're they're my partner mm-hmm. so i've accepted that i have to live with it my re- the rest of my life but i've also said that you're not gonna take over my life type of thing mm-hmm. so which i i've also proven to myself because I went a very long time not getting anxiety attacks. And even if I do, like, I already know that it's going to go away. I already know that it's not, I'm not dying. I'm good. Mm-hmm. It just, it's more annoying than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with that being said, for those young girls that are listening to us right now, what advice can you give them about tackling this? I mean, which right now, what you just said, it's a lot of good stuff for them to take in and try to do for themselves. But speaking to them directly. The advice that I always give people, because I've had many people come to me after a while, like people who who I would tell, like, yeah, I've had anxiety this long that I know of because I could have blacked out other areas of my life. But mm-hmm. I've had multiple people like when they didn't have anxiety being like listening to my stories and being like oh that's weird whatever but then coming back later and being like i've developed anxiety like i'm so sorry that you ever felt this way like how did you how have you dealt with this for so long blah 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 Mm -hmm. those are the advices i always tell people is that learn your coping strategies yeah cool nice and dandy but number one get to the root of your fucking problems get to what triggers you get to the root when did it start why did it start how can you forgive yourself forgive them forgive whoever you need to forgive Mm -hmm. and learn what's going to help you move forward learn Mm -hmm. your coping strategies um and yeah and i always tell them like it's a lifelong thing friend sorry it's uh don't get over it you don't get over it you get through it mm-hmm. yeah and it and to be honest in my opinion it makes you strong af mm-hmm. in my opinion mm-hmm. maybe people disagree but i think it makes you hella strong it really off it also does not help that i'm a huge empath like ridiculous empath sometimes mm-hmm. i hate it but I think it contributes to that. Yeah. 
but I don't know. Well, it's funny that this is our topic today because yesterday, and you know, I've been working through this. I have been working through this, but, and I haven't done this in like forever. So I don't even know where this was coming from yesterday. And you've helped me work through this. And it's been a couple of years that I've been working through it, but um, Angel left in the morning. Mm-hmm. And you know how I've been working on not texting him or not getting worried because then my anxiety builds up and then my mind always goes to the worst. I had an episode yesterday where he left in the morning and he told me, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. So I expected him to be home somewhere, um, somewhere for some reason. Like not that I'm always, not that now I'm checking to see what time he gets home, right? Because he gets home at whatever time now whatever i don't check on that i'm not fixated how do you say it fixated fixated yeah uh i'm not fixating on what time he's coming back or anything like that i think i've worked through it to the point where now i'm cool he's out okay he'll be home when he's home and i text him like around six and he didn't reply to me and so my anxiety started building started building because he didn't reply to me for like three hours and by three hour number three i was freaking out I was freaking out. I was freaking out. I told my husband he's not replying to me. I even text his friend and was like, yo, where's my son? Is he with you? And eventually he like, you know, texts me back. But I'm like, I haven't done this in so long. But it, my anxiety started working on and building on me. And it's just, I know, I don't know what the, but it, you know, you know, because the only time I go through that, it has to do with my son, the fear of losing my son. It's it's uh, so funny because I've, ta- I've had this conversation with you before. Mm-hmm. And I told you, just like an addict, you relapse. Mm-hmm. You can go back to your old ways. You can revert to that. And that is your trigger that he doesn't reply when you want him to. Yeah. And when he came, and then he came home. Finally, after he replied, he came home like 30 minutes later. And then he was like, and then. And he was like, I'm doing drugs, mom. Damn. No, and his dad, because he he sees how I get. I don't talk to me. Like, my mood changes, and I get in such a bad mood. So be aware of that, right? You're saying you're getting anxiety. You don't want him to talk. You don't want anyone to talk to you, Mm -hmm. right? You're getting in a mood. You just asked. You just asked this question a little while ago mm-hmm. that you don't know how it feels. Yeah. Is that what you go through? No, I'm, I'm saying because you asked the question mm-hmm. like, well, you don't get it all the time. So you don't know how it feels yeah. about the person that you were talking about. Right. Uh-huh. But this is the thing that you have to do after you get the anxiety. You got to reflect on what was it? What happened? Why did it happen? Uh-huh. Why am I feeling like this? How did I feel? Yeah. You just said right now. I just told you. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to, like, don't anybody speak to me, blah, blah, blah. You just said, my mm-hmm. mood changed. I don't want to talk <laughs> to anybody. <laughs> no, and then so I'm trying to hide what I'm going through, right? Because mm-hmm. it's yeah. to me. Like, yeah. in my head, it's silly. It's ridiculous. Like, he's yeah. fine. But I'm like freaking out for no reason. But then Jesus knows how to read me so well mm-hmm. that he knew 
what the he knew what the issue was. So he texts Angel and he's like, "You need to reply to your mother because she's already tripping, and you already know how she gets." And then so when Angel gets home, I'm just so happy to see his face, and I'm like, "I'm sorry, you have a crazy mother. I'm working." <laughs> and he's like. Mom, you know I'm fine. I'm like, I just need you to text me and tell me I'm I'm good. I just need that text. But then he's like feeding what I'm going through, right? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, we had that moment yesterday. And I'm like, I'm sorry you have a crazy mother. I don't have any other kids to spare. I forgot. <laughs> You're <laughs> lying. You have Kobe and Mamba. And that's what he said. You have Kobe and Mamba. <laughs> Kobe and Mamba, you're with you. You're fine. <laughs> And I'm like, we were laughing about it in the end, but in the moment when I, I hate that my mind always goes to the worst scenario. I'm just like, I don't want to think like it's that. It's a powerful thing. Yeah. And my husband's like, you need to stop watching all the things you watch. You need to stop going on next door and seeing all the people that are dying. <laughs> I have this fear of death. That's right. That's why too. Mm -hmm. so It doesn't help, but yeah, it was just funny when you said the topic. I'm like, we just had a moment yesterday <laughs> of relapse, <laughs> but yeah, that was a, a thing we went through yesterday. I don't know this. I feel like right now we are in the time, and I'm always going to go back to saying that a weird time, and I think a lot of people are experiencing a lot of different emotions with everything that's going on. It's hard out there for a pimp. <laughs> It's hard out there for a player, a hustler, for everyone. It's just hard. It is. The struggle bust is real out there right now. And I feel bad for, you know, I always count my blessings. And sometimes I hear stories of other people where I'm just like, yeah, you're going through it. It's, yeah. It's crazy. I just hope that those young girls or anybody, men, women, anyone that's experiencing this, you know, that they're able to find the tools that help them get through it so they could still live a productive life. Because like you said, you're not gonna let this take over your life. Mm -hmm. And I've seen you work hard at, you know, working through these things and setting up systems that help you get through it. And, you know, going for going after everything that you wanna go after. And I just hope people take this and run with it and they do the same for themselves. Yeah. I feel like I just ran a marathon. I never talked so much, <laughs> except that solo episode I did. My throat yeah, hurt yeah. so much after that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, if you know me in real life, I don't talk a lot. I'm a very mm -hmm. quiet person. So mm -hmm. for me to come on today and I like jumped on with Jeanette and I was like, I know the topic today. I'm probably going to talk a lot. So mm -hmm. let's yeah. do this. I mm -hmm. just had a burst of energy coming on to you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, some food for thought, guys. It's just, yeah. it just was an interesting thought to me that mm -hmm. I've been thinking about lately about how your symptoms may change. Your symptoms will not always be the same. And it's just something to be aware of and how your coping mechanisms can change. I think I'm gonna start bringing out those freaking those rings, the little. Oh, yeah, those. I still have mine. I need those again. I actually have them in my drawer. Yeah, but yeah, that's cool. It's crazy, and then I don't know if it 
has anything to do with anything, but lately my jaw has hurt. Like, I could see that from the stress or whatever it is in your my joint, like yeah. right here. I wonder if you're grinding your teeth at night. Do you grind your teeth at night? Supposedly. Oh, girl, you better go get a night guard. <sighs> so expensive. I know. I have my night guard dash retainer, and Christine made it for me. I mean, she sent it out to get done for me. <laughs> <laughs> and at first, she was, was going to do it for me, too, but I don't think our old insurance covered it. Oh, yeah, because I had the... Well, my husband, he had the, um, what is it? The nor, what is that? The orth ortho insurance. Orthodontic. So that's the only reason, that's the only way I could get it. But that's helped me a lot with my, because she was like you, and I've been hearing this from many dentists that I've been, that's why my teeth are so tiny. Because I thought, oh, here I am just having cute little teeth. No, I'm <laughs> grinding the shit out of them. And Christine was like, girl, you need to wear it because you're still young and you're grinding to the point that you're going to have no teeth left. And so now I just sleep with it. And at first I couldn't sleep with it on. Now I have to sleep with it on because it does help with your jaw pain. Yeah. The soreness. Yeah. But the thing is, you could order one on Amazon, but it's not the same thing as having one like, that, like to your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Mm -hmm. I just found one. We have a we have the best dentist. Sorry, guys. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, and so and I, I never, had told. I never thought I would say that uh, in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, still it blows so my mind to this day that I would yeah. say that. And then so she did the retainer because my two front teeth are kind of keeping kind of going in so i was mm -hmm. like that bugs me and she's like yeah i'll do the retainer for you and i'm like awesome so that's been helping but yeah that's nothing great. like getting it done yeah that's probably better but maybe for now amazon yeah. will do yeah <laughs> oh man that was a doozy yeah that was a good one mm -hmm. so that's all we have for today, guys. Tune in every Thursday. Catch up on all our episodes. And we will catch you in the next one. Bye, you guys. Bye.